That was a groan of disapproval. I pieced that together. Let's get the show started. Also, we've got a good internet connection at for the moment, at least. I'm yeah, not no, going to. No, uh, you fucking jinxed it now. Yeah, it's gonna I'm not going to cross my fingers. Not going to. Not going to cross my fingers on that. I, I hope you have a very enjoyable week next week, sir. And I hope the celebrations go very well. And I genuinely, genuinely wish you both all my best. That was very hard for Dave to be nice like that, guys. It was difficult for him. And I because of that, I appreciate it because I know how difficult it was. Thank you, Dave. Fine. All right. Let's get this thing started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. Ask me if you've got any questions uh, about any of their products. You can also go to SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians. And uh, this jolly man here, Dave, would love to take your blood. So if you're in the UK, go do some lab work at Eval Blood Anal you know, how did you say it? Analysis.com. Analysis. Analysis.com. Dave. It's how I remember to spell it. <laughs> we have a, a plethora, again, of listener questions today. Uh, everything from steroids to training to um, how to pronounce uh, certain English words. Um I'm excited to, to get this going. And thank you to everybody who has been commenting on our YouTube. You guys are freaking awesome. Um all that stuff helps to boost us in the algorithm and help other people to find the show. Uh, if you are new here, then I encourage you to hit the subscribe button because you can hang out with Dave. You'll get notifications when me and Dave are on the channel and you can come hang out with us like on the regular. We do this every Monday. The show comes out. Well, when we can be asked, when we but obviously not, not next week because Scott's got more important things to do like nuptials. Yeah. I'm getting married, guys, so I, I'm going to take a couple days yeah. off. So I should probably let you know about that. Um, Dave, uh, you want to just get this thing started? We don't have a topic today because we had so many good listener questions. I was like, man, we could just dive you know, straight into this stuff. No, we don't have a topic today because Scott fucked up and didn't get one. <laughs> it is not true. His only job, apart from putting this pile of shit together when we finished it, it's to actually come up with the topics, and he didn't. Okay, okay. Taking a breath, taking a breath here, and I'm finding a good question. Um, we had a bunch of stuff. I'll just start right here. I'm going to grab the first thing. Look at that. What's this? Uh, Alaska cocoa milk drink. Choco milk drink. I don't know what that is. That's a, it must be a product. If you guys want to sponsor the show, I'd love to sponsor. be sponsored it by sounds, Alaskan Cocoa Milk. That'd be cool. Chocolate it, milk. It's, it sounds very nice, actually. Yeah. He says Cabbage Gang. So he's a, he's a real, real fan of the show. He says, uh, question for the next episode. First time trying Tren Ace. 40 milligrams every day. It's been a week, and I found out that I can only sleep a maximum for two to three hours, then I immediately wake up. Any tips to prolong my sleep and what might be the cause of transomnia? Uh, much love from PH. PH. I'm confused because he said Alaska. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, any tips for prolonging my sleep? Yeah, don't take trend. Yeah, stopping the trend would definitely. <laughs> 
probably could help. I don't really think there is much you can fucking do. Um, it, it's in part to do with the elevation of neurons. Um, so there's a two-pronged action. Anabolics in general do elevate neuron activity. Um, trend particularly, but it also trend also, and I can't remember the compound's name, but trend also inhibits the downregulation of neuron activity. Effectively, that's how trend causes anxiety. Do- dopamine. Uh, is it dopamine? Well, I know I that remember. having talked to Dr. Dean St. Mart about it, the the main thing you need to happen to get tired is to. Um, stop or downregulate your production of dopamine and that allows you to then begin producing serotonin once you're in a restful state once you begin producing serotonin that can convert to melatonin and that's what helps you to fall asleep and stay asleep but you have yeah, to, it, you have to clear that dopamine in order for those things to happen and being on trend a central nervous system stimulant doesn't doesn't really give way to that so much from what i understand well, yeah, but it, it's it's actually the substance that lowers dopamine that I can't remember. Oh, okay. Not dopamine itself. So booze, booze. Yeah, It'll chill. Yeah, um, couple shots. So effectively, your brain becomes overactive. In a snapshot, this is what it is. Your brain becomes overactive. Therefore, you don't shut down correctly. Therefore, you don't get into deep sleep. Therefore, you don't relax, and therefore, you wake back up. When that brain node of activity becomes too high, and that's when you start to see anxiety. Yeah, yeah, I can um, see that. Which is is effectively overthinking. It, you know, it, it is what it is, but it's when that overthinking becomes problematic or becomes worrisome. So there are things you can do, like taking melatonin and stuff like that, but. It will depend on your natural sensitivity to trend. It will depend on your dose of trend as to how effective they are going to be in combating the issues that trend creates. Um, so there you go. I mean, it's one of the reasons that cocaine keeps you awake because it, it will elevate prolactin. I think it's about 350%. You're kidding me. I don't know. Huh. Okay. It's huge. It's huge. I've, I've only, I only know it because I've seen it on Bloods, and it was like, why are these where they are? And I had to do some digging. You were doing labs for somebody who was all coked up? Hmm. We do labs. Cross-market polymer drug use in, in the steroid world is nothing new. It's not unusual. Yeah. Plenty of guys so. do the gear and go out the weekend and party. You know what I mean? So we do get it. No kidding. Yeah, I, I I don't associate personally with those people, you know, but I've I've heard of that kind of thing. I've heard of like, you know, in back, you know, where you see it is like the Arnold Classic is coming up and they man, they have some wicked parties at the Arnold and right. they're not drinking. I don't, you know, those people no, are all like I, on ecstasy and everything else. I don't know if people are actually so aware of this, that the after party scene not only at like events like the Arnold's body power, such like, but the same in like world's strongest man and the giants live tours, the after party scene is huge. Yeah. And not only is it huge, the amount of drug taking in the after party scene is huge. Um, I know this, in fact, if you, Andy Bolton recently did a, a podcast, I can't remember the fuck it was with, but he got right into talking about, his kidney failure and his kidney failure was mm. in part probably actually more than anything down to recreational drug use. Okay. Yeah. 
which started off the back of this after-party scene with being the world's record holder for the deadlift and getting involved in strongman and everything else. No kidding. Um, but it's like we did a mint at uh, Expos last year by offering hangovers, cures, IVs to the staff. <laughs> yeah, so you were doing like IVs everybody- for people at the Expo like the day after they were partying. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 were queued out the door. We're doing IV for people that were fucked up from the night before. So Holy crap. it is a it is a, a big scene, um, and there is definitely a, a defined user group uh, of steroid users that are, you know, they use gear because they want to look good because they're going out and partying at a weekend, so to speak. Uh, and by chance, Trent happens to be a bit of very particular popular drug in that group of people as well. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going back to Alaska Choco milk drink, um, unfortunately, mate, you might be hard pushed and might just have to accept that Trent is not a drug for you. Yeah, you know, here's the thing too. If he was running a high dose, and I could say, "Hey, man, you know, it's because it is, it is oftentimes going to be side effects. In all cases, are going to be dose dependent, right? But I mean, forty milligrams every other day, I I would call that a conservative dose. That said, ED, ED, yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah. Oh, every day. Okay. How about he cuts that down then, man? You're right. Yeah, I think you could go every other day, and you might find you're not so bad. I was, I was, I was thinking forty is not a lot, and then I was thinking, you know what, ED actually, that's probably Mm -hmm. a decent accurate. You know, you're probably looking three hundred at full peak. Let's 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 put it this way too. Um, If you have everything else in check. Like I, I've helped guys win good contests running 50 milligrams every other day, you know, and, and like, I mean, like high level, high, high level. So if you can do that, if those guys can do that and granted, we're talking about people that have good genetics. Um, but regardless, man, do you really need to take 40 milligrams every day? Well, the, the other problem is, at the end of the day, Tren is a powerful drug. It gets good results. There's no denying that. Then, But the offset of not sleeping and the mental health issues that can come with it, you've really got to think, is is it actually a, a valid balance? Yeah. Because, you know, there's numerous people come through my door with severe anxiety issues because of the trend use. And we all know it's ended the relationships. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. They call it divorce in a bottle. I've heard that term before. <laughs> I've had a few terms with it, yes. Um, it isn't a pleasant drug. There's no two ways around it, but it is an effective one. I, I, I would say this, too. I feel like uh, early on in my bodybuilding, my thought was you had to tolerate uh, whatever side effects you got and just push through them. Uh, nowadays, I, I really, truly duly believe, do believe that you, you, know, you want to feel good. That that you want to feel good and you want the gear that you're using to enhance that feeling good. And granted, you know, like if you're dieting and you know you're suffering with that quote unquote suffering, you're not going to feel awesome. You know what I mean? But like, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, it really doesn't have to be this way. You can reach your goals without only being able to sleep two three hours a night. That I think there is a, a balance. Um, I do think there was very much an attitude previously. That's what you have to put up with, and it wasn't necessarily so. Yeah. But I think, like many things these days, it's gone a little bit too far the other way now, where people are 
having issue about the slightest of disruption to their life from their drug use. And it's like, well, if that's so much of a concern, don't take the fucking drugs then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matt's with because, us. You know. He says, trend almost cost me my bearage. That's why I will not use it anymore. Your picture's really clear right now, Dave. You know, I had a I had a head shave and a trim this morning as well, so I'm looking. Yeah, your wife mm-hmm. took you into the groomers, huh? Like the pet groomers, they did your nails. Yeah, hosed you down. They bring the they bring the. Uh, what? You? They, I was, I'm sorry, I got distracted because <laughs> I was reading I, Andrew's comment. I know you did. I know you did. They, uh, <laughs> they, they bring the they bring the van round and just sort of you know tie me up at the back and hose me down and <laughs> give me a slap over. <laughs> yeah, Andrew said, uh, "Do many people just take RX to downregulate D2 receptors and increase GABA A receptors?" Is he talking like uh, like a benzodiazepine type dealio here? I. I'm guessing so. I also think it's a very dangerous road to go down. Sure. Yeah, I agree. You're, you're messing with some serious neurochemicals. Um, I mean, there's no secret to anyone in this, this program. I don't like Trent. I'm not a fan of it. I think it's an unnecessary drug. Um, I'm not a big fan of Kaba for the, the same the same reason. You know, I, mean, I like Trent, guys. It fucks about with dopamine. Um, and I, I'm very wary of, of playing games with neurochemicals. Listen, guys, if you like Tren, comment below. And if you don't like Tren, I guess I would also like to hear. I'd be, I'd be curious to hear what our people have to say. Um, if you like Tren, let me know. And if you don't like Tren, also let us know. How about that? I think I think it'll be a case of a lot of people like the impacts, the effects, the positivities of Tren, but. I don't think anyone's going to claim to like the negatives. Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, we got a relaxophene question here. How about that? We're going to get all, like, super uh, exotic. Question for the next show. Can I throw some relaxophene at a mild, puffy nip flare-up mid-cycle, or is it recommended to wait until... Uh, back on TRT cruise dose. If yes, do I continue my ADEX dose along with the relax? Well, if your ADEX dose is not keeping your estrogen low enough to stop the flare up in the nipple, then obviously your estrogen needs to be suppressed more. Yeah. So, depending on the full makeup, and we're not low in levels, then it should be no issue with adding a relaxophene in. I like the way you pronounce that. It sounded exotic. You know I can't pronounce shit. <laughs> so, yeah, because, I mean, here's the deal. Raloxifene is going to have a similar, it's a CIRM, a selective estrogen receptor modulator, much like Novadex, right? So you're going to bind up the receptors, which I think you would want to do. If you're dealing with a flare-up, you don't want to wait until PCT. Like, you want to tackle that. That's priority one, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, I mean it's it's perfectly viable to be running at the same time, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest create. And the other thing is, obviously, if you leave it and you create tissue, you are then having a much harder problem to deal with. Did you guys just see him hit the cabbage? Did you see that? Hey, 
Cabbage abuse. Peter says, I think my fiance said yes because of trend. <laughs> Trendy is powerful. <laughs> the I'm only problem with I'm that is Peter. she has been eternally disappointed ever since because he's not been back on trend. Yeah, yeah. How about that? That's going to be a problem. You're going to have a lot to keep up with there for that marriage. That's for sure. <clears throat> um, so, so introduce the Relaxafine. Or Novadex, that would be my thought. While and you make a point, you gotta. He's probably gonna have to raise that that uh, that the AI estrogen control up. You know, I've I've said it before. I don't even know where I got it from, but my best analogy for the difference between an AI and a serum is that if you take a part, if you imagine a parking structure, the AI is like closing the gate so that no more estrogen can get in. Versus the serum is like putting cones in the parking spots so that nobody can park their cars. So regardless, you're still going to have all those cars and all that estrogen floating around when you up the note when you take the Novad or the, or the Novadex or Reloxifene. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna eventually have to like you got to reduce the amount of cars in the structure. I might pinch that. It's good. I like it. I can't remember where I heard it, but it was several years ago, and I, I love that. And I know what you meant. I know what you meant. That was British, and I understood you. I'm starting to like. I'm starting to learn your language, Dave. About time. Hey, what's going on, guys? Are you interested in improving your joint health? Were you aware that a lot of joint health supplements don't actually repair connective tissue? Supplements like glucosamine, MSM, growth hormone. No, actually, wait. Growth hormone does a really really good job but we're talking about health supplements here today and i'm talking specifically about hydrolyzed beef collagen from our sponsor true nutrition and if you're using growth hormone it'll give your body the materials to make it work that much better hydrolyzed beef collagen will help you to improve your connective tissue it's also really popular in the beauty industry because it makes your hair thicker it makes your nails more dense but don't take my word for it you can ask my 71 year old mom no really i, I brought her on my nails were just driving me crazy because they're growing so fast. My beautician's always saying, it's amazing, you know, how thick my hair is and what good condition it's in. I've just added in my coffee in the morning, which is fantastic. It dissolves really easy. It doesn't um, change the flavor of your coffee. Yeah, that really was my mom, and she really is taking hydrolyzed beef collagen from our sponsor, True Nutrition. If you guys want to improve your connective tissue, then I suggest that you take it too. And use our code THINK. You'll get a discount, and you'll help to support our programming. Thanks, guys. Okay. Dean Martin says, hey, fellas, on my first cycle, T400, one milliliter every Monday for 10 weeks. That means the day of this show, Dean is taking his shot. So shout out to you, Dean. Go get it. Uh, he says he's currently three weeks in and going great so far. No side effects just yet. and No swelling or pain from injection. Was expecting a lot from what I heard on Dave's T400 video from years back. My question is, I see a lot of PCT supplements and gear support supplements. I'm taking Milk Thistle and Live 52. Are other PCT supplements worth it? Supplements that claim to help block prolactin? And what would you recommend to be healthier on cycle? 
are these PCT supplements just BS? Right, so there's a little bit of confusion here, Mr. Dean. A PCT is post-cycle therapy. So they are supplements, either chemical or non-chemical, that are used to restore your testicular function. Cycle support supplements are a different matter. They're not BS, but surprisingly, the two you are taking are. <laughs> Milk Thistle and Live 52 are not BS. They're not fucking any good either. Come on, don't you dare sit there and try and claim Milk Thistle is effective. You know what? I would say they are good, but like, they're, I'm not going to bet my life on them. That's really what I would good. say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. Really? I think they are good, but I'm not going to bet my life on them. As part of a, a larger program, yes. I, I gave up really? on Milk Thistle for a while, but I'm back into believing in it in conjunction with other stuff. It's not my It's not my first line. It's not even my second line. That was a groan of disapproval. I pieced that together. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, T400. Generally speaking, T400 is underdosed. You do get a few labs that produce a genuine T400, but most of them are sort of 320, 330, 300, and somewhere around there. Um, if it is dosed correctly, the first concern is going to be estrogen management. If estrogen management is neglected, then you're going to see an elevation of prolactin. The problem is there, that is when you then try to lower your estrogen, you'll actually push prolactin even higher. Um, so if you've got high estrogen, you then drop it, you'll drive prolactin even higher. However, that does not call for CABA. CABA is way, way, way too strong, and this is where P5P comes in really, really nicely. It's a form of vitamin B6, uh, and it's really effective at lowering prolactin particularly when you've not got a strong nandrolone driver behind it. Um, so there are supplements that are very useful when you're on your cycle. Uh, from a point of view of the effects of the drugs themselves, because you're on test only, the first primary goal would be to manage estrogen. You're going to use a chemical for that. You're going to use a serum, as we just discussed, or you're going to use an aromatized inhibitor of some form. Um, that's pretty much where you are with that. In an ideal world, you'd test your estrogen levels in about two weeks' time, and that's going to be pretty much where you're going to be at your peak. It may rise a little bit more, but you can set your management off that level. Prolactin can be managed by P5P in a test-only cycle quite, quite well. Uh, and then support-wise, probably the first area is going to be HDL support. So because all other bites are going to drive HDL down, and as you lower estrogen, you're going to put more pressure on HDL as well. So I would look at citrus bergamot, red krill oil. Um, I wouldn't bother with lysine and vit C unless your HDL is particularly low, i.e. sub 0.5. If it's above that, then I would just stick with the, burger, the bergamot and, and the krill oils. And you can look at other supplements like slonyacin as well for cholesterol management. Um, other thing, you're going to get a mild elevation of blood uh, thickening as the impact on DHT within the kidneys is going to cause an increase in, in hemoglobin. Um, I don't think that would necessarily be a concern on, a, on a, a cycle of 400 tests a week unless you were going into it high 
or you were a, a chronic smoker or a chronic drinker or you'd had some reason for those to be elevated primarily. Yeah, and it's only 10 weeks. Uh, yeah, liver support isn't particularly necessary. If you wanted liver support, I would definitely look more down the lines of NAC and TUDCA. Far more effective than milk thistle and live fifty two. Me and Scott will agree to disagree on that one. No, I will. Uh, I, I will. No, and like I said, it's not my first line. My first line would yeah. be NAC. That's the first place I would go. Is just a standard uh, liver health plus more health supplement across the board. I would definitely go there first. But I, I, I would just say that it's not completely useless. If you want the single most effective best thing you can do on cycle to manage your health i will tell you and it is completely free what no my good lady decided to do something on the phone and it spoke to her oh the phone what did the phone say (laughs) workout pause (laughs) oh oh she's doing is she on the the peloton no i think she might have been planning to go on it but she's not on it oh uh, I thought that was the top secret information you're giving us for free. The top secret information, and see, I, I, this will sound very like, yeah, whatever. Seriously, I, I've paid quite a, a lot of interest to this just recently. The single most effective thing to negate side effects or negative impacts from steroid juice is cardio. And I mean hard cardio, not fucking steps. Steps are fucking cardio. I mean, cardiovascular training where your heart rate is 140, 150, you're working it hard. And the change I've seen in people's bloods, uh, in the fact that they don't get thick blood in the first place, and that their general health markers are so much better off that single thing. It's actually almost miraculous, the impact of, two to three proper hard conditioning sessions a week will do to somebody who uses anabolics. I would agree with that. What about uh, post-cycle then? Should he, what it, you know, because he, so far it sounds like he hasn't mentioned any type of actual, like he's using some milk thistle, but that's not going to help him recover his testosterone when the cycle's over. No, no, I mean, really, you're looking, you're looking at your standard HCG, Clomid, and Novodex. Yeah. The, I, I personally like to add in a bit of the aspartic acid and tribulus, I know it, it, it's not going to raise test levels, so they're going to be super pharmacological in a, in a not natural person. But it actually does help bring lagging test levels up. For sure. So it, it can really make an impact if you're sitting around 13, 14, getting it up to like the 19s and low 20s. Um, very effective for that. So, But that's, I, I mean, he could potentially, if he's had no previous usage or very little previous usage, get away with Clomid and Novadex only post that. Yeah, I would think so too. I would think so. What about yeah? Well, I, and I'll throw one more thing at him too. Um, I would personally want to split my shots up and have a couple shots per week. I know Dave, you've at times talked about one shot per week or, or you know less frequent dosing. I don't think it's a make or break type thing, but I would personally feel better with that. And the other thing I'll say is. Um, he mentioned there's no side effects yet. He's only three weeks in. It is a long-acting test. I don't expect he'll get side effects, but if he were to get side effects, it's probably not going to show up in that first three weeks. It'll probably be week four, five, six, or beyond mm-hmm. if he were to suffer anything. Like Yeah, I whatever. mean, you, the, the next three weeks is when you're going to start to see the impacts of elevated estrogen. 
Yeah. And when you start growing, uh, you know, then when you really start yeah. seeing changes. Yeah. And you, you're going to reach some form of plasma stability around week six, week seven. Yeah. Yes. All right. We'll move on from here. Uh, Scott, I know you found higher frequency training worked on your back, but was curious on both of your applications for higher frequency training. Uh, is it just for legging body parts? Does it depend on how advanced you are? Great show as always. Thanks for your question, Larry Brooks. I'll just say this. I'll say that the more often you can train a muscle with the caveat of recovering, the more uh, the more opportunities you have to grow. That training would be the trigger, but you you have to be able to recover from it. So if the, in the way I discovered higher frequency was having a, a, a shoulder issue, instead of doing four chest exercises, I did two. And then I came back later in the week on another workout and I did two. And I found, one of the things I found was you know, those first two exercises, I'm a lot more stronger than the second two exercises. So if I can go in and always be a lot more stronger, then every time I train chest, I'm always going to be my strongest versus training hard and then kind of like just going through the motions and continuing to pump up the muscle and as they call it, get a lot of junk volume in. So that made a difference for me. And it was actually like 2017 when I really learned this, getting it pounded into my brain by Scott Stevenson and Jordan Peters, because those two guys were huge fans at the time of high frequency and we were recording muscle minds together. So me doing a, a like I was doing like two and a half hour workouts all back, you know, all legs, three hour leg days. And I, you know, through that experience after hurting my shoulder, splitting my chest training up like that. And I was in a prep. I came out of the prep. My chest had actually grown. I saw improvement. So for me, I, I would say anybody could benefit from higher frequency as long as you keep the volume low enough to recover. It, it does take a, you know, a mindset change, you know, because a lot of times you're like Monday National Chest Day or whatever. It, it's, you know, it, 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 would, it would take some mental adjustments. Um, but, you know, it, I think it could be potentially beneficial for anybody that wanted to check it out. And I don't think it just has to be on a legging body part. That's like a lot of people are into push pull legs now. So, you know, you could train four or five times a week and and train every uh, two out of three of those workouts. You could train twice. So that's that's my general thoughts. But we talk about that all the time on especially like muscle minds. We've talked a lot about frequency. So you could watch more of those shows, too. I'm a big fan of frequency. Yeah. I, I hate bush ball legs. I hate it. Hate, yeah. hate the terminology. hate the split. Just don't like it. Do you hate it because um, of its popularity nowadays? No. Like everybody's no, I, doing I, I, it. What I dislike about it is no muscle pusses. That what? No muscle pusses. No muscle Did you say pushes. pusses? This is a family show, Dave. Family programming. Um and I just don't like the terminology. I also don't like doing legs as a singularity. What do you mean? If you train quads as intensely as they need and should the attention they should be required to, there's no way you're training hamstrings effectively afterwards. If you have higher frequency, though, you can split it up. So I'll, yeah, do, well, so I, I'll do more of a quad day and then more of a ham and glute day. So I, I, I do chest tries, hams, back shoulders, calves, quads, buys, and abs. Okay, so th three workouts. I like that too. That's good. 
Uh, pretty much what you said. I mean, I'm, I'm in total agreement that, you know, if you have a four exercise chest day, those last two exercises, particularly the last exercises, unless you're a freak like Alvin Small, um, you're not going to be particularly strong. So when you look at the volume of load that you've moved in a, a week day, a week period, you'll probably find that by doing two exercises, but doing it twice, you've actually moved more load because you stay stronger for longer. Yeah. So you shift more weight because the first two exercises are at your max strength. Your second two exercises, your strength is diminished because of fatigue. But if you split that up into two workouts, you get max strength for all four sets, all four exercises, should I say. But, yeah, I mean, I, I also, it's like on that split that I mentioned that I used to do, I'll do back, primary, shoulders, secondary, one session, and then I'll do shoulders, primary, back, secondary, next session. And I'd swap that around as well within the week. I also would do very heavy six rep set workout and then I might go to a more voluminous eight to 10 rep workout or eight to 12 rep workout for the second workout. A bit on the line of the old um, rich piano feeder workouts, but not quite. Uh, but in general, I used to just stick around the six to eight rep range and just hammer it every time. But I was very strict on the number of sets I did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, I had a rule that I wouldn't do no more than X amount of sets for a body part. Yeah. And if if I didn't get what I wanted out of that workout and that number of sets, I just had to go away knowing I could have done more and bring that to the table next time to inspire me to do better. Fair enough. I suggest that Larry checks it out and gives it a try. Hmm. How about this one here? Uh, in the video, you mentioned that something like methyl trianolone has the potential to auto compete with other hormones because of its high it's incredibly high binding affinity to the androgen receptor and was curious if this is the same with primo meaning if one were to take an effective dose of uh, 900 plus milligrams uh, even up to 1400 milligrams along with test uh, would it kick out the test someone else told me that primo actually makes every other hormone work better so i'm confused um how should i be dosing primo and should i avoid using multiple compounds like trend mass deca while on primo thank you kindly all right uh, well if he's talking about the last podcast we actually didn't say that or i well i didn't anyway i actually said the complete fucking opposite um so when molecule comes along this is your cell it goes in it attaches to the receptor travels to the nucleus and parts of the dna comes out of the nucleus back in the cytoplasm the two split apart the hormone then enter, exits the cell back into plasma bloodstream and the ar divides into two and that's how you get more androgen receptors. So the actual process of engaging an androgen receptor causes a, a multiplication and a increase in androgen receptors. So you can't really saturate them because of the more anabolics you use, the more ARs you produce. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not onto this, um, this 
this this fact that a, a compound will supersede another compound, though I think it is possible, I don't think it's particularly impacting. Um, but there will be a point, and you've also got to remember that you've got androgen receptors in fat. So, you know, your, your hormones that you're injecting aren't just going into muscle tissue, they're going into fat tissue, they're going into prostate tissue, they're going into all sorts of different things. Um, and all along the line, they're increasing ARs. Um, now, as Scott was talking about last week, orals don't really bind with the AR. They tend to bind with genomic and non-genomic uh, receptors that are sat outside of that area. Um, that mechanism is still fairly misunderstood, or so not misunderstood, unknown. Yeah. Um, but we know that it, it causes the effectiveness of a donation of a stem cell and satellite cells, which in turn eventually create muscle fiber. There's a few steps in that process. Um, and we also know that those cell, that cell donation appears to be permanent. We don't know if it's definite yet, but it does look like that cell donation appears to be permanent. So once you've had anabolics, you will always have an advantage to grow muscle mass, which we generally refer to as muscle membrane. How long lasting that is, we don't know, but there is a study that's due to be published that should cover that very, very shortly. Uh, but as a test, would it knock the test out? No, I don't believe so. In the slightest, I don't believe so. Um, our systems seem to upregulate to accommodate the more androgens we put in. Doesn't mean we always utilize those androgens effectively, but there will still be receptors for them. Yeah, I, I think that we, we kind of like if you've run high gear, you you intuitively have figured that out. And I think that like I bet that he's already gotten a better experience by running these really high doses. When I say better experience, more results. You know what I mean? So you you kind of you don't need to know on it doesn't matter what the paper says I don't care it works more gear with more compounds more results that's it period I don't think you have a fear of a high binding affinity drug replacing um, a low binding affinity drug to a huge extent yeah uh, there may be some initial. And I suppose technically you could keep increasing the dose of the high binding affinity drugs so that you were always at ahead of the curve, so to speak, when it came to increase of receptors. That cellular process, by the way, takes about six hours. Okay. Um, so that's the sort of speed over which you're duplicating your ARs. Also to remember that ARs are constantly dying off and being regenerated as well. So yeah. we also have a cellular death process in all this as well that's constantly being renewed. Which is why I don't believe in this stupid receptor saturation thing. The the, the uh, aspect he mentioned, he said uh, someone else told me that Primo actually makes other hormones work better. I I I'm wondering if that relates to you know when you use compounds like DHT compounds in general are going to bind more to SHBG, and you may have more free test. So I think people have often said, like, it'll make your test more effective, you know, if you use Proviron or, you know, Prima Bullet. There's, well, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, the thing is, when you look at someone's blood who who is a regular cycle user, you'll be lucky to find their SHBG in double figures anyway. So pretty much most people that are cyclistic with their drug use, their SHBG is 10 or less. Really? Yeah. yeah, across the board with blood. So it, I don't 
think Bavarian has a huge impact, but it obviously has some because I've experienced it myself and so have others where they've taken Bavarian and they feel slightly better. Uh, all DHTs also have the ability to bind with aromatase. Mm. Um, and Primo and Masteron has there's been a trend towards higher dose of these two drugs in the recent year. So uh, I've seen much, much more how impacting these are on estrogen as well. Hmm. So I don't think he comes across in, in the question that he's, he, he thinks to feel that there may be a synergy with Primo impacting these drugs and how they work. And it's not. It's more how Primo affects, like you say, SHBG uh, and aromatize. So there's less estrogen conversion and therefore more active compound. That's where the the synergy element of it will come into it rather than Primo actually doing something to trend to make strength trend more effective. Yeah. Um, we got a couple more here. I'll grab, uh, which one was it? We had one about, uh, here it is, I believe. Yes, Ramadan. Um, he says, question for the next show. Uh, love the show. Uh, advice for food training and possible gear adjustments during Ramadan month. It will start in about five weeks and fasting will be from sunrise to sundown, approximately 18 hours in Northern Europe. Thank you guys. This is, I, I work with a guy uh, currently, uh, um, Hamza Hermadi, who has to deal with this. And I know there's, there's good pros that have to go through this too. Oh, big Ramit. He, he respects Ramadan, doesn't he? Does he? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure I read some of that he does. Yeah. Mm. Here's a here's a picture of Hamza right now. I uh, I showed you this before the show. This is he's in his off season right now. He's a light heavyweight. Um, I believe he's going on uh, two twenty right now. He, you know, shorter guy. Uh, incredible legs, especially considering you know off season. There's, like no matter what we do, Dave, his legs do not get depleted. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good problem to have, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a it's an issue, though, man. You're in your the middle of your off season, and you have to go to to Ramadan, um, you know, and, and it's gonna throw everything off. I've worked with guys that stay up through the night and just switch their lives. Basically, not everybody can do that, and they don't miss a single meal. Which is, I don't know if I could personally do that, man. <laughs> It's. I think there's there's two elements here as well. Is there's how strict you are in in adhering to Ramadan because I, I know plenty of Muslims. I mean, that that are relatively strict, but that they they let some element of leeway in. Yeah. Uh, and I believe there are conditions within Ramadan. There are exceptions within Ramadan that some people can potentially exploit if they wanted to. But oh yeah, I think. At the end of the day, it is a set time period. It's a time period that you know is coming. And, and so really, you just sort of need to plan around it. I don't think you can go into Ramadan realistically, unless you don't have a job and you can become completely nocturnal, um, where you can sort of expect to come out of it unscathed. Yeah. So, so for me, it makes sense to use Ramadan as a, a period of time for a cut or a tidy up. Yeah, that would make complete sense. You know, obviously, as, 
Yeah, adjust your training in line with your calorie or your recovery ability because obviously it all depends as well on on what commitment you have from a point of view of the way of, you know, work-wise. If you're in a Muslim country, then obviously there are generally companies are flexible about how they work through Ramadan in order to support the fact that their employees are adhering to Ramadan. But if you're in a, a Western society, you know, if you work at a local bank in, in Buffalo, they're not going to say, yes, yeah, no problem, come in to work at eight o'clock tonight and work through the night and go home and sleep all day because it isn't practical. But if you were in, you know, in a, um, a Muslim country, companies do change how they operate around Ramadan in order to facilitate it much for its uh, participants. I'm trying to think of the right word there. Um, but, um, I mean, I have a, a couple of Kuwaiti clients who are Muslim. Okay. And they were saying that a lot of their friends, all their shift patterns altered because of Ramadan. It made it quite easy because they work in international banks. They have no choice but to stay to the normal nine to five hours. Mm. And it was absolutely killing them. Yeah. So, we, yeah, what can you do? You just, it's, it's about damage limitations more than anything else. Yeah, that's going to be, it, and it's going to be difficult for a lot of people i think that you know it's definitely not a time because you said like changes in gear my thought would be you know if you're not going to be able to like push at one because you can't eat 100 percent, and you you're going to be dehydrated too you know you can't drink then you're going to have to you know probably not push as hard in the gym it probably wouldn't be the yeah. time to like up the gear you know if anything is probably a good time to back it off yeah, I mean, it might be that you settle to a, a, a three-day training week. Yeah. Uh, and, and and maybe start looking at areas that you may have neglected in, in, in other areas of your training. You know, maybe a, a more comprehensive stretching program. Mm, I like maybe, that. Maybe maybe cardio you need to look at. It, you know, other, other areas because you can't perform with heavy weight because you're, you know, you're not eating all bloody day. Yeah. And in the best world in the world, when you break fast, you're not going to be able to pile the calories in and get to the gym and train if you're working within a Western time frame. Yeah. Because it's 10 o'clock at night and you've got to go to bed because you've got to get up in the morning and go to work. All right. We've got a couple more questions. Uh, one of them is a question I have personally, Dave. Um, I have the logo for a vehicle here, and I was curious to know, how, how do you – pronounce this car company shaguar did you spell that with an sh yeah shaguar shaguar if anyone's ever watched uh oh fuck it i forgot the name of the film now uh they'll know where that's coming from but so it sounds like you say jaguar jaguar yeah jag yeah. you don't say jaguar no jaguar Okay, because I saw some British TV and this guy was talking about a very nice car and he referred to it as a Jaguar. It was three syllables. And I was like, I wonder if Dave does that. It sounds classy. Generally, generally I just refer to them as Jags. Jags? Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yes. That was a personal question for me. Okay. So, you know, it's like, shall we take the Jag today? <laughs> Clen, not sure, and this is, uh, let's see, question about Clen, not sure if you guys have addressed this or not. Uh, is it better to slowly ramp up the dose from 20 to 40 micrograms every few weeks 
adding in 20 micrograms for approximately 12 weeks or do uh, two weeks on, two weeks off, starting at a higher dose and ramping quickly for the two weeks. Dude, I think you may have been listening to some of my previous content or Dave Palumbo because I stole the idea from Dave Palumbo uh, a decade plus ago of starting low and slowly ramping it. And I find that you don't get side effects the same that way. I, I will run Clen for, yeah, 10 weeks at a time, but stepping it up exactly the way he mentioned. I, I, I exclusively use it that way. I never ramp up high the way you see on the internet, Dave. You know, you see guys on like the message boards, they would say like the first week you ramp up to 120 and then you stay there for two weeks and then you come off. That's like just shifting your car, jamming on that clutch so hard. It, a lot of the, side effects. The two, the two week on, two week off was born out of the belief that the receptor got saturated. Uh, and so therefore you needed to revigorate the receptor by stopping usage for a couple of weeks. That is 10 year and probably, well, well yeah, I'd say 10 year and probably longer old info. And I myself was a proponent of doing the two week on, two week off because I believe that that was the problem. The receptor got saturated. Now, no, it isn't. So there isn't an issue there. So as a result, you can continue day in, day out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very much similar to you in, in that you, you started a dose, you run that for a period of time. Uh, it can be as little as a week if you're, if you're struggling, but can be longer. Uh, and once you feel you're adjusted to that, then you can increase the dose again and again and again if you want. Um, a lot of people find they, they struggle with size from Clem because they go up too fast. Exactly. Uh, very similar to GH. We've, we've discussed this about GH in the past. If you start low, let your body get used to it, and then up the dose, you tend to find less sides start happening from GH for a very similar reason. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, very big believer in the um, just gradually increasing as an if required. And I truly believe that a lot of the negative issues that can happen with Clen, like around the heart, relate to the, those really high doses all at once. Whereas if you start with, I used to start people at 40 and then I would add 20. Now I'll start them at 20 and I add 20 as needed every two to three weeks. And we're making other changes along the way, but I try to get as much squeeze as much as I can out of it. I do believe that, that there is some level of downregulation over time. You know, it's not that the, the side effects go down, of course, which a lot of people confuse the side effects with the effect, but mm -hmm. I do feel like it loses its punch, not completely, but it becomes mildly less effective over time. And and then when we do add more, it's it's like we just started over. You know, going to forty mm -hmm. isn't like taking forty all at once. It's like just going to twenty. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. side effects are low. That said, when you do get up to eighty or a hundred, and I never go past one hundred and twenty. I know people who go to 200, which I think is not good. Uh, I do feel like you do start risking more potential for side effects at that higher range where you do, because there is that slight diuretic drying like effect to clean chances of cramping, I think go up. And by the time you get to a hundred, if you were say predisposed to anxiety, that even if you've ramped it slowly, there the could be just enough clen in there that you start to experience a little bit of that. So you, you, you still have to watch it. And low blood pressure, 
too. That's one I think a lot of people don't talk about. Uh, yeah. I, I, one thing that you don't see so much now, but you did for a while, and there might be still some people out there that feel this, it was believed that Clen actually had a, a, a positive impact on muscle growth, uh, and it was for a period of time quite popular with females. I've heard that. Um, as an anabolic agent. It is based on one study, and the study is massively flawed. It's also it's an animal study. It's like rats, um, right? Yeah, yeah. When it was when it was carried across, it was shown that though it is muscle sparing, uh, and we know that, which is why it's popular because it's also muscle sparing, unlike T three that cannot be. Um, it, it doesn't promote muscular growth. I mean, I have come across females that have used Clen in the off season to try and promote their growth. It it, it doesn't. So you, you're barking up the wrong tree with that. But uh, it is muscle sparing, so it is handy. If you're looking for a fat loss agent as a natural, as in as in a sorry, was a non steroid user, yeah. but you're happy to use a fat burner, then I definitely would be steering more towards clen than I would something like a thyroxine. Yeah, I agree, and and I do. You know, I um, speaking of it being like a anti catabolic, uh, I had a friend who has muscular dystrophy. And there had been a lot of research about using albuterol. You know, Clen's not legal in the U.S. here. They use albuterol. And <coughs> he had a prescription for it um, to help with muscle wasting. So, you know, to help with that that anti-catabolic effect. And I, I do think I've seen that. You know, I, I do think that that I've seen that in natural, you know, I guess the word isn't natural if they're using Clen, but you know what I mean, non, non-AAS using dieters. Hmm. That, that I think they do retain muscle better while while dieting on Clen. Yeah, it definitely has a preservative action. There's no no doubt about that. All right, we're running out of time here, guys. Uh, let's see if I have anything else in our questions from YouTube. Uh, oh, I liked this one. <laughs> he says, uh, "I think the connection camera quality issues add to the show, like its own like its own little charm on it." Although our, our camera's been great today, Dave. Yeah, I, I suppose it, it, it's, we are, I suppose we're a bit Heath Robinson, aren't we? Who's that? So it basically means we're a bit makeshift. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit uh, I think, trash, maybe? Is that the word you're uh, no, homemade? No, just, just. We so yeah, we sort of make it up as we go along, a bit homemade, held together with bits of tape and stuff, you know. Welcome to our homemade podcast, a podcast that only a mother could love. <laughs> um, so, so I suppose yeah, the 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 dodgy internet connection just sort of adds to the character of the show. It shows it proves that we're real people that don't have good internet. It proves that we don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, you turned up today with no preparation whatsoever, except for getting all the questions together and being yeah, here. Right. So, right. This is right. By the way, viewers. So, this is Scott and listeners. So, this is Scott's getting all the questions together. Sat there currently on his computer, looking at the comments under the previous episode to see what questions are there. Of that's course. getting them together. Of course. What else? That's I'm listening to our people. They want to ask questions. I want to get those questions. So I take screen captures of them and I bring them to you, Dave. Yeah, but you do it as we do the show. You don't prepare this pre-show. Oh no, no, no. I get them all I get them all beforehand. I'll show you right now. Oh, 
So, so if you do that, then why is your hand constantly on the mouse moving around trying to sort shit out after the chat? Because I'm looking for the next question. See, look at that. These are all our questions from today. Boom. Mm -hmm. In your face, Crossland. <laughs> Dave, what well, are you going to... What are you going to do without me next week? Have a day off. Yeah. You're going to miss yeah. me. You can admit it. It's I, okay. I, I, it's okay. You I, can admit I, it. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely have the utmost sympathy for Victoria for next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I got one more question for you, uh, and we'll close the show with this. Uh, if you were to have like your death row meal that the police finally catch up with you for everything you've done in your life, Dave. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> and they say, that's it. We got to, we got to get rid of this one, but we're going to give you one more meal. What would that meal be? You know, I have a problem here because I suffer from, I, I believe this is actually a, a cheap meal syndrome where I have these ideas, and yet none of them actually live up to expectation when I actually experience them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love cheese on toast. I'm a sucker for cheese on toast. Cheese on toast. Is that uh, different than grilled cheese? Yeah, because chill cream is between two slices of bread with cheese on toast. You have one slice with the cheese melted on top. Is that a British so, thing? So the cheese actually browns as well. Oh. Actually, actually sort of crust a bit. Is that a British thing? Yeah. Oh, it must be. I, I didn't realize it was, but maybe it is, yeah. Huh. So it's basically an open grilled cheese sandwich, as you would probably call it. Without butter. No, so the best way to do cheese on toast is you toast one side, turn over onto the non-toasted side, put real dairy butter on, um. then put your cheese on, then put it under the grilled cheese side up, obviously, and let the cheese and the butter all merge and melt into the toast. Hmm. And if, you, if you're a fan of sauces, you can actually put the sauce underneath the cheese, but you have to be careful because it does get very, very hot. Sauce? Yeah, as in like ketchup or, well, I don't think you have brown sauce over there, do you? We have brown sauce over here. Which is like a I don't even, sauce. I've never heard of brown sauce in my life. No, you need brown sauce in your life, sir. Dave, if I come out there, uh, can we have high tea with cheese on toast and brown sauce? Yes. All right, I'm looking forward to it. You heard him say it, guys. So is that your meal? Cheese on toast? No, I, I don't know. Because like I say, you know, you think of stuff, and then it's like, yeah, but when I had it, I was a bit disappointed with it, you know? Yeah, like what, if, what if you didn't like your last meal? It's you know, you spend all week looking forward to your cheat on, say, the Sunday, and then you get to it, and you <laughs> have it, and you think, well, that was shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not really a sweet... Oh, my wife makes these absolutely incredible pork pies so Ooh. definitely there would they would be on the list for consideration i like a good steak so a good quality steak would be on the list for consideration but i don't really have a favorite food i just sort of depends on the mood you know some days i couldn't think of anything better than beans and sausage on toast yeah, I'm I'm just stuck on the idea of what if you didn't like that last meal? What if like you know it didn't? I think if you go with your wife's homemade cooking, do you say it's like a pork pie? Pork pie, yes. Pork so you put pork in a like a, it's a meat pie. What else is in that? Oh, there's herbs and and, and various other things, and Ooh. I think the one she does has bacon bits in it and apple in it as well. 
Ooh, yeah, that that actually sounds really good. That sounds. Oh, really they good. are. They are phenomenal, mate. They how, are how big around? Phenomenal. Like, are they little individuals, or how does that look? Like, yeah, you're talking. Okay, so you eat a you eat a few of them then. Yeah, you one's quite filling, but two would definitely be enough. Okay. You can eat them warm. They're better warm, but you eat them cold as well. Huh. We got a, a let's see, Jerry Jason, Jeremy Jason uh, says, um, I know what's wrong with Dave's internet. England and the state of Alabama are almost the exact same size. England's population is 56 million. Alabama is 5 million. It's just an infrastructure uh, problem with England. Too many people. you got too many people in that little space. I agree with that. There's definitely too many people. He could be on um, something there. I, I live rural, so unfortunately we actually don't get proper high-speed internet. So we don't have fiber optic or anything like that. we got to get you like a satellite or something, satellite feed to the I, podcast. I actually, genuinely, genuinely, I, it is actually on my list to look into because I have been reliably informed that I can actually get a satellite internet system, which though there's a cost for the system, the actual monthly charges for the internet uh no more if not slightly less than the 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 broadband connection that we use for the phone lines and you get a guaranteed service whereas i don't know if people realize this but especially in the uk anyway there is no guarantee of your broadband supply so if you don't get broadband from your supplier you actually don't have a legal leg to stand on so you're telling me that you pay for a service and if they do not provide said service the only thing you can do is continue paying for it, not getting it. Well, that's yeah. The, I mean, the thing is, most companies will obviously, uh, Chester's Goodwill, give you some sort of um, credit or or refund or whatever. But I believe legally there is actual. If Dave no, wears a tinfoil hat, would that improve his signal? Actually, I have an idea. If you can get a credit. Um, I would like to encourage everybody who watches the show to write in to Dave's internet provider and request a refund for the entire last two years because this podcast has been shit every single time except for this one has been clear. So if you guys can do that, Dave, Dave could possibly get a little bit of a refund check and, uh, you know, take himself on a holiday. How about that? I need a holiday. I actually got better signal when I was on holiday. Using my fucking do from home. I was sat in the middle of a field in France. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this thing up. That we did just get like a little, little weird lag. So it's a good time we stop while we're ahead, uh, guys. At, at, we we will be back in two weeks, uh, assuming this show comes out. I don't even know if it's going to come out on Monday because that's the day of my wedding. And that would mean I'd have to prepare ahead of time and like do all the re editing and uploading like now. So we'll see you guys soon. How about that? Well, have a good week next week, my friend. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. Give my best to Victoria. Absolutely. And, and, and make sure you have the little blue pills when you get to your hotel room. <laughs> Who needs blue pills when you've got trend? <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you tuning in for another episode of Drugs and Stuff. Leave your questions for the next episode. Sorry, uh, people in the live feed, we couldn't tackle everything today. Uh, and, uh, of course, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, we'd love to have you back for the next episode. 
Dave Crossland. Uh, before I say that, actually, let me say, before, you know what? I forgot. Eval. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com. Uh, and also, go. you can get your blood work done there. Go to truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. And, of course, check out supplementsource.ca. We got to make some cabbage shirts soon, too. We got We just got to. All right. I'll stop talking. We'll see you guys. Thanks, Dave. Bye.